Cutting was sentenced to 40 years in prison, suspended after 20 years for murdering the person she called her roommate and her friend. It's the end to what the prosecution has called an extraordinarily unusual, tragic, and mysterious event. Guilty. 21-year-old Louisa Cutting now headed to prison for decades for stabbing and killing Alexa Cannon in January, a crime she's never denied and one she apologized for Monday in court. There are no words for this tragedy, and my heart is filled with sorrow and grief. My heart goes out to the Cannon family. I am so, so sorry. I take full responsibility for this. Again, I am so, so sorry for this tragedy. I'd like to thank my parents and friends for being by my side, as I am so thankful. And again, there are no words for this tragedy. We also learned new details about the moments after she was arrested. During interviews with police, Cutting was incoherent at times, mentioning the apocalypse and saying she did cocaine with the devil. The Commonwealth's attorney says she admitted to taking a combination of alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, Adderall, Xanax, mushrooms and cocaine the night before the murder. A walk among the stars, the monsters, the paranormal and supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. What you may not know is you've been on this journey for a long time, and you finally arrived. Join us and our cult by subscribing to this podcast and giving us a generous five-star rating. With doing so, your soul will be set and the afterlife defined. Welcome to It's cryptic out there. everybody to it's cryptic out there once again josh we got a crazy one yeah yeah we got a crazy one this is a good one thanks a bad one sorry yeah yeah right well it's a very fascinating one because we're revisiting uh, a story that i covered last year the louisa cutting and Alexa Cannon murder stabbing that happened in Radford University back in 2019. And there were new uh, developments, developments, I guess, on maybe a, uh, a better solution or a better take on 
why all this happened. So I get tagged in a Facebook post and the comment was a story of a, a girl's story that she lived in the same apartment as Louisa and Alexa 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 lived in but she stayed there a few years before all this happened sure and she experienced some bizarre things but we'll get to that in a little bit but right now if you haven't listened to I think it's episode 4 doing cocaine with the devil I recommend going back it's good thanks it's really good I recommend going back listening to it but if you would rather just hear a quick synopsis of kind of what happened back in 2019 we'll we'll do that now but first there was a email about a dispatcher a former dispatcher yeah yeah, do you have that on your phone that you could read off uh yeah let me see if i can find it they were uh referring to our previous episode the 911 calls We talk so much. Yeah. (laughs) Dead air. (laughs) Really, we talk so much. Dead air. All right, I found it. Okay, so this is from someone with the initials RDJ. Yeah. So, Robert Downey Jr., if you're out there, (laughs) we appreciate you. Right. You're as great as Robert Downey Jr., honestly. Yeah. Um, So, he says, my dudes, enjoy the podcast. The local lore and stories are awesome. The research and journalism of the true crimes really give them a new chance to be heard and reviewed. And I love that you guys always ensure the audience is reminded that it's about the victims. That's who we remember, and that's who is important. Most excellent work. The 911 Dispatcher episode was surprising. As a dispatcher for over 30 years now, I was taken aback by your choice to make this episode. We, dispatchers, usually don't see the limelight. Your compliments and thanks are are high praise and much appreciated thank you anyway as stated my career as a dispatcher has spanned three decades now and about 20 years of it has been on the graveyard shift i do pride myself on taking every single call seriously i always treat them as serious and make sure they get some kind of response no matter how weird or cryptic they may seem i haven't taken many paranormal calls over the years The occasional call from a psychic or empath with information for investigators of a crime. I usually forward them on to the investigator and don't ask too many details. Sometimes, someone who relays a tale of seeing someone or something on the road or outside their house, which isn't there anymore. They are usually, justifiably, freaked out by it. Mostly the ones I've had are UFO calls. Hmm. The one I remember most was a dude who called from a mobile home up in the wilds of nowhere to report a UFO. He assured me he was not crazy, hadn't been drinking or toking, and had never called 911 before. He said it flew over and hovered and took off straight up and was gone. I had him describe the craft. I asked if it was saucer or cigar shaped, if he could see portholes or markings, 
Was it making a noise, moving? Asked him to describe the lights and their colors, speed, direction, anything I could think of. None of this was done to embarrass or belittle the caller. I am trained to get info to help, so that's what I do. I placed him on hold and called the nearby airport towers. No flights in his area. I checked with the local medevac helicopters. Grounded. Nothing on weather radar. Seemed legit. Told him so. He asked what he should do, and I told him I'd have law enforcement patrol the area and take a look. I also told him, should it return or land or attempt any contact, call me back immediately. I also told him I'd notify the flight control desk of the FFA in D.C. In the post-9-11 world, they always take the info. Don't know what the G-men do with it, but they always take it. Well, now we know that UFOs exist, so (laughs) now we know what they do with it. Right. Uh, The responding law enforcement didn't see anything. Dude didn't call back. Pretty typical UFO call. Anyway, wanted to share. Again, loving the podcast. Lots of folklore and cryptic stuff in the Appalachians. Urban or rural legends. I know you guys will do an awesome job covering them. Look forward to it. RDJ. Thank you, RDJ. A round of applause for you, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. was great. That means a lot. It that really does. really means a lot. And, you know, even him telling, like, like uh, asking about the UFO, mm-hmm. is it uh, cigar, saucer-shaped, or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what's so great about dispatchers is being able to continually get information without making someone feel dumb exactly. or... You know, even in the last episode, in the second 911 yeah, yeah. call, like, without making them feel like maybe they did something wrong. Right. You know? Like, uh, trying to, like, get them on your side in yeah. a way. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive. It's yeah. honestly impressive. Yeah, that, that was a fascinating uh, email. Yeah. And now that we know UFOs, like, yeah. the government has looked into that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. even crazier. <laughs> but, you know, in the Appalachians, though, like, I feel like aliens are... Not to get too distracted. Right. I think aliens are pretty prevalent. I know my mom has told me stories of setting up in the mountains and then there's just something and then it just disappear- yeah. disappears. I think maybe on an earlier episode I told a story. I'll tell it again just for if you guys haven't heard it. But it was up maybe near my... I have to get my grandma to tell it to me. Again, yeah, yeah. She uh, said that up near in one of our family's property... They heard horses like squealing, mm. like really loud in the middle of the night. So they got up. They thought maybe a coyote was in there or something. Yeah. So they walked out, ran up to it, and there was a big shining light in the sky, and mm. it vanished. They woke up the next morning, and where that light was had burned a perfect circle into the Jeez. pasture of the of like the horse stable area. Kind of like that ring light right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something, like, something like that. It just burned. Dang. He said it took like years for it to finally grow back to be normal. Jesus. Yeah, I saw one. Yeah? Yeah, flew right. I was with uh, Patrick mm-hmm. and we were walking down to my house and we just saw something fly like right over us. Yeah. And it was so bright and so loud. Right. And then just pff, gone. I need, to, I need to experience it. God, I, I hope we do. Yeah. I hope so. While we're recording this or this podcast. Well, I hope I don't get abducted tonight or something. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you're out there listening. Yeah, just hold on. Please. <laughs> yeah, for another episode. So, yeah. Uh, if, like I said before, if you haven't listened to episode four, Doing Cocaine with the Devil, I highly suggest that so you can get, you know, a full detailed Breakdown. Breakdown. All right. A former Raffer University student pleaded guilty to killing her roommate. 
Louisa Cutting, who was 21 at the time, was then sentenced to 40 years in prison for the second-degree murder of Alexa Cannon. After serving 20 years in prison, the remaining 20 years of Cutting's sentence could be suspended with active supervised probation for 10 years. During Monday's hearing, but this is an old article, more information came to light about what led to Cutting murdering Cannon. Radford City Commonwealth Attorney Chris Rehack, Rehack talked about how Cutting participated in recorded interviews confessing to killing Cannon without a real explanation as to why. At times during those interviews, she was incoherent, but at other points, she would be lucid. She couldn't recall certain parts of the incident or the hours leading up to the murder. During the interviews, Cutting was praying, mentioning the apocalypse, and saying that she did cocaine with the devil. Rehack said that there was some evidence that Cutting was reciting Hail Mary in Spanish over and over. He said that Cutting did express some remorse for her actions and had knowledge of what happened. She also admitted to taking a combination of alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, mushrooms, and cocaine the night before she murdered Cannon. Well, if you need a cocktail to do it. That, that is like the key thing that is going to be brought up later. <clears throat> Rehack said that evidence also suggested that Cutting had a lack of sleep in the previous days. This is another key point that I will bring up later on. All those factors combined triggered a psychotic episode, so the lawyer says. Once incarcerated, Cutting's behavior became so bizarre that jail staffers applied for an emergency custody order. She spent a week at a mental health facility and later, while at the jail, was trying to shove her hands into her mouth. Rehack also said that had the case gone to trial, the prosecution would have entered 911 calls, body camera videos, pictures, and Cutting's confession as evidence. Cutting also spoke to her hearing to apologize for her actions. Quote, There's no words for this tragedy, and my heart is filled with sorrow and grief. My heart goes out to the Cannon family. I am so, so sorry. I take full responsibility for this. Again, I am so, so sorry for this tragedy. I'd like to thank my parents and friends for being by my side as I am so thankful. And again, there are no words for this tragedy. Thank you. Rehack re released this statement after Monday's plea. The case was extraordinarily, extraordinarily unusual, and the guilty plea today ends criminal proceedings in this tragic and mysterious event. It was an honor and privilege to represent the life of Alexa Cannon. I worked with her family, who provided thoughtful input and helped craft the plea 
agreement terms and which reflect a complex balance of facts, trial options, and proper... Sh what is that word? Proper... Sh well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was literally sitting there thinking when you were doing that, just like, remember when you're in school yeah. and you had to work those out? <laughs> Being an adult, you just be like, ah, no, yeah, nope. Yeah. It's been a long week, everybody. Yeah. Long yeah. week. I told Josh, I'm exhausted right when he walked in. <laughs> so bear with me. Perhaps more importantly, the agreement secured a murder conviction, avoided any appeals, and spared Alexa's family and friends the anguish and anxiety of trial. The Commonwealth also considered the impact of viability of defenses such as insanity, irresistible impulse, involuntary intoxication, second-degree murder approximately fit our specific facts, reflects the probable criminal intent, and achieves justice. The 20-year active sentence is at the high end of second-degree murder sentencing guidelines, which recommended 12 years and 9 months to 21 years and 4 months without a midpoint of 17 years and 1 month. That is complicated. Man, that's that prison math. Yeah. Alexa Cannon, who was from Roanoke, also attended Radford University and was planning to graduate the next year. She graduated from Patrick County High School in 2016. On January 24, 2019, authorities went to the 1200 block of Clement Street at 7.45 a.m. in reference to a 911 call. When they arrived, cutting open the door, she was covered in blood. She turned around, put her hands behind her head, and said to the officers, Arrest me, according to a search warrant. When an officer asked what was going on, she said, I killed her. Inside the apartment, officers found Cannon's body. Search warrants indicated that she had been stabbed multiple times. And a lot of people around have said a hundred times, but in the report, it was 30 to 40 times she was stabbed. Well, that's still a lot. Still bad. That's yes. still a lot. Still a lot. Cunning's attorney previously said that mental issues are a factor. So, yeah, that was the quick synopsis. But there was some very cryptic, uh, like, foreshadowing in a way. When, let me see if I could pull. Here's another site. Okay. Police say that the victim died from multiple stab wounds and had a butcher knife sticking out of her mouth. Oh! Yeah, that was that oh, was the no. most gruesome part. But the, the the backstory is very bizarre. The, the the foreshadowing hints in a way. So this says, judging from their social media accounts, the two women had a once close relationship. However, one fairly recent Instagram post by Cannon is now chilling in retrospect. On Instagram, Cannon wrote along with a photo of her in cutting, I met this girl two years ago online and somehow we ended up living across from each other for over for a year. This summer, she was equivalent to my mom in Cancun and unimaginably, she still puts up with me and now we're living together next year. 
Love you more, Lou, and everyone pray that we don't kill each other this year. The post dates to March 2018. Louisa responded, love you, my love. Another post contained this exchange. Alexa, Lex and Lou are back and better than ever. Watch out, Ratty. Louisa, love you. Alexa, love you more. Kenan also wrote on another photo of her with cutting, So guys, it's my best friend's birthday, so make sure you say happy birthday to her and Lou. I miss you. I miss and love you, and I'll see you Monday. And I love you more than life, and thank you for being my mom in Cancun and making sure I didn't die, and for making sure all my clothes and shoes came back to my to the room by the end of the night unharmed. Thank you for surprising me in the airport, one of those video guys, and being insane with me and not judging me. Love you more, babe. She gave so much information on that comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For a birthday. That's yeah. Giving a lot of people your business. Exactly. It's strange. And it's like so weird now that like she was killed mm-hmm. and everything in the sea. It's man. Yeah. What happened in Cancun? Well, there's even more weird stuff. Cutting filled her Facebook page with selfies, including one calling herself a Devilette, 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 Devil Devilette, yeah. Devilette, and she has, you know, devil horns on her head. On Facebook, Louisa Cutting wrote that she studies at Rafferty University, went to Culpeper County High School, lives in Culpeper, Virginia, and is from Dallas, Texas. She wrote that she started attending Rafferty in 2016. She filled her Facebook page with selfies and occasionally. Occasional picture with her family. She responded to some comments in Spanish. You're so beautiful inside and out. A friend wrote with one selfie. She wrote about fostering a rescue dog writing. As most of you know, this past year I was given a blessing. Meet Rex. Or as I love to call him, Rexy, a.k.a. Cootie Patootie. Rex has had a very difficult past, mostly living outside on a chain. Through Radford Pound Pals... He was saved and given lots of love. This past fall, I was able to be one of his foster moms. I first met Rex last year and fell in love with him instantly. He is so affectionate, caring, goofy, a little stubborn as most dogs are. We all have lonely nights, low nights. Rex was always by my side as he always knew if I was sad or upset and would come hug me let me know it was all okay. Man. What is going on in this girl's brain? <sighs> Let's see if there is one more. I feel like there was one more, but I I cannot remember. So Alexa loved Louisa Louisa. She congratulated Louisa on this um, on this right here. Cannon wrote on Facebook, So incredibly proud of my best friend Louisa Cutting for becoming Latino Student Alliance's president. I know you're going to be amazing with everything you do. Love you more. 
Alexa was pursuing a degree in psychology and was planning to graduate next May, yeah. She was very involved with the campus and was a proud member of several organizations like every Highlander. Alexa was full of life ahead of her, a life poised to make a great impact on those she would have encountered, the career she was pursuing, and the committees in which she would have lived. Please join me in expressing the Radford family's deepest sympathies and lasting condolences of the... Yeah, that was just, um... <clears throat> that was just Radford talking about uh, her death. Hmm. Okay, so we gathered a lot of the court document. Yeah, just statements that were taken throughout that. Yeah. Um, we tried to reach out to various people. Just and, what we got. You yeah, know, what, what we, we got. Really... And Josh has it all on what we were told. Yeah. So, Josh, if you want to take it away. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we really found from this is that she was cooperative in a sense that she said that she had killed somebody. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't cooperative in, in the in the interrogation. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, the, in the room, she wasn't cooperative. You know, she kept saying stuff like the devil made me do it the devil made me do it yeah she would cry uh we actually saw that she was eating tissues yeah that that was a weird new development that i heard uh, yeah yeah that she would eat the napkins i guess on from the table yeah where the napkins or tissues or whatever that she was using for like her tears i guess it was very very weird in that sense yeah um also through that, we were able to find when they went through her house in the search warrants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did a clean sweep of that house, and they didn't find anything. No, no. nothing, nothing at all. I mean, um, they said alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, and cocaine and mushrooms is what she supposedly was on. Uh, they found no coke powder, no Adderall. They didn't find anything of a crazy party yeah. or anything like that. Um, they did find a brown residue though in the kitchen in the bar area. That was the weird mystery behind because that was that was in a lot of the articles that we read that there was a brown chalk like substance, which led them to believe maybe it was fentanyl. Yes, that that was the the idea. Another thing that uh, this was a, a neighbor. One of the neighbors made a statement where they may have thought that. Louisa and Alexa may have been in a romantic relationship, possibly. Yes, that was... So there was a theory that I heard last year when I was covering it for episode four that it involved a boyfriend and jealousy, but I couldn't have a solution for that. So maybe that wasn't even true. But what we saw earlier, though, like, whenever I said, wow, she got really personal on this, like, for this to be your friend, kind of makes you wonder, like, when I said, what happened in Cancun? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What could have happened in Cancun with them, you know? You're right. For mom and her making sure she was okay, you know, was there this special bond that may have turned into something else? Detective Josh over here. It's cryptic out there. It's cryptic out there. Um... So, to go back, actually, to the interrogation and everything, a lot of the mindset was is that she was either mentally ill, um, very hot that night, obviously, yeah, of the yeah. murder, that she was uh, either very mentally ill, high, 
or she was faking it. Right. That that was, you know, a thought of maybe this girl's trying to get an insanity plea or something like that. Yeah. Um, but eating tissue tissues and stuff, that yeah. kind of makes you believe that maybe there is something more going on there. They also said that she was trying to put her hands in her mouth. That was weird, too. Yeah, yes. that she uh, had to spend a week in a mental hospital. A mental hospital. Mental hospital. Yeah, 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 for... Yeah, what is this, 1934? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, a mental hospital. Yes. Uh, for a week. That's all right. It's just, that's the cryptic part. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. time you think of something haunted, you think of... Yeah. The, like, like St. Albans. Right, right. Um, also, during this, she just kept talking about the devil and how it was the devil and how the devil made her do this and um, that... That was the reoccurring theme of the interview. Mm -hmm. That maybe every time that they were trying to dig closer uh, to this, Mm -hmm. like she just kept being like, no, this is what's going on. The devil made me do this. Um, Now, a lot of people may think that 20 years for murder is very, very light, especially if she's going to get 10 years probation after that 20 years. Right, Um, right. That, there's a lot of speculation on that. Um, it could just be that this was a young girl in college that, for whatever circumstance, made her to do this. Um, but the reason there was no drug test for Louisa was they consulted with the Commonwealth attorney and they didn't want to give her a defense. Yeah. Where uh, a good lawyer might tell you, like, go in front of a jury because a jury could be susceptible to anything, you know? Right. They could make a, a story, oh, she was high on fentanyl, she'd never done it before, and in this crazy act, she murdered her friend. Yeah. And that might make the jury look at her more sympathetically, or, oh, there's this is the reason why, or something like that. Um, so they didn't want to do that. And she'd already admitted it, too. Right, Like, right. she literally said, I killed her. Um... Also, you know, I don't know if the 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 parents of Alexa were very religious. They yeah. They may not have wanted her to have a life sentence. Yeah. That was like that's what we that's what we get that they they might have been super you know, yeah. religious and had somewhat sympathy. Yeah, you which know, which is kind of it, crazy. But gosh, what kind of person? I couldn't imagine yeah. my kid being killed and. Yeah, you having that heart still. Yeah, being like, oh, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighbors actually, this is something that really struck me because this is where maybe all of us could put ourselves in the neighbor's shoe as not being directly affected by it, but you're still there. A neighbor said screaming at 3 a.m. They heard screaming at around 3 a.m. the night that she was killed, Alexa. Yeah. Um, and they thought... That was when she was killed. It was around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. But there was another... There was a disturbance at 5, 5 a.m. And that's when 911 was called. Right. Uh, now, to get into the more disturbing aspect of this... So, maybe this is your content warning right here. There was over 100 stab wounds yeah. to Alexa's body. At the um, beginning, I thought it was 30 to 40. But... The more that we, yeah, we actually, when we were going through compiling, we found that in the court records. A uh, lot. Yeah. And the knife was found stuck in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they said 100 stab wounds, but maybe 30 to 40 were to her face. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that is disturbing. So much so that it actually caused a lot of, it was very traumatic for everyone involved mm-hmm. who were there that night. Um, a lot of people really couldn't, um, I guess maybe understand why this had happened and to yeah. see, you know, obviously, and and thankfully there was someone who had a level head about them and could get everyone on track because, like we say in this, this is about the victim and making sure that from beginning to end, you know, yeah. it's interesting to think about Louisa and why she did what she did or whatever like that, but honestly, like, this is about making sure Alexa gets the justice that she's deserved correct um in the long run and that's exactly what's what I think was going on there with everyone who was involved in the case yes everyone was working hard cuz uh just from what I've heard about Radford is that homicide cases or anything like that like you either get life or 50 or 60 years mm-hmm. you never get a low sentence so like there had to have been something there obviously to build a bridge to give her 20 years in yeah. prison the craziest thing they never drug tested her yeah for all this mm-hmm. and where she mentioned that she was on all these drugs and stuff but they never drug tested her well and that's the thing like maybe they didn't want to give her that defense though right that's you know? right um, one thing that was also very weird is they, I don't know, we, we didn't see it, was Alexa's yeah. toxicology or anything. Yeah. Um, we don't really know what was going on that night. Um, it was... It was super late in the night. It was. It was very, very late. Like and it was early morning when the police got there. kind of makes you wonder about the whole romance side of it. Is, yeah. is this like a lover's situation gone very, very wrong? Yeah. Especially if drugs and alcohol were involved. Because mm-hmm. now you don't really know. Right. You know, right. What, what was in somebody's system. And just out of respect for Alexa. Yeah. You don't want to delve into that. Right. You know. Right. That's unfair. That is. Someone who can't defend themselves yeah. to talk about that. But in Louisa's case, you know, whether she was on drugs or not, obviously there's something, there was something wrong there. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads us into maybe the next episode. Yeah. Uh, there is a paranormal, we've talked about it a little bit through here. Right. Uh, there is a paranormal aspect to it. Honestly, guys, this episode would be like two and a half hours long <laughs> if we did the whole thing well, right now. Well, here's the thing. I think we can actually play it now because it, it's just 25 minutes oh and yeah. then we'll play it at the end and we can leave it at that yeah we, we can just play it and then we'll have a follow-up episode because there's something else that we want to do to see if we yes. can actually kind of tie it all together and we'll go ahead and say it yeah yeah we're gonna try and go to the apartment yeah, that's what we we'd like to at least see if maybe we can talk to the leasing agency about what yeah. they had to go through and, and just because we're unsure if anybody's living there at the moment because students aren't in yet. School hasn't started. It has so. been a long time. Yeah, you know, I know. Uh, I think when the tech shooting happened mm-hmm. and in the West Ambler Johnson, I believe, I think they boarded up the dorm room oh, okay. where the first two people were killed. Yeah, 
and I don't think anyone ever like I don't think anyone goes gotcha. in there gotcha. so I don't know obviously maybe they close it down for a while to clean it but yeah. that's what gets us into the next part of it yeah. is it's paranormal but mm-hmm. how much more paranormal did it get yeah. when the murder happened yeah it, it might be a controversial take on it if you don't believe in all that stuff but the person who I spoke to and you're about to hear it you'll hear in her voice she had these experiences in that apartment and there was one story that she told me that really freaked me out and it's gonna Josh hasn't heard it yet but he's he's going to and it's it's quite crazy in a way but um yeah, we'll just we'll play it, and then that'll be the end of the episode. We'll leave it off, and then we'll get back with you guys in part two of it. So, thank you all for listening. Of course, we yeah. love you guys so much. Uh, sorry, this is a little uh, different from what we usually do. Maybe. What we usually do. Uh, don't know why, <laughs> but we just, you know, this has been. More information came out. Yeah. We, yeah. we were able, you know, from episode four mm-hmm. to, what is this now? 40-something? 40 45? Yeah. Maybe? From episode four, almost oh, over 40 episodes <laughs> yeah. later, yeah. Uh, things change. Yeah. You find yeah. out more. Right. Uh, the podcast. One thing that, like, we just, uh, we say it every episode because we love you guys so much. <laughs> But, like, without you guys being able... And, and the Facebook page, man, that is what we appreciate so much. We are, we are able to really find out more and have people interact with us through the Facebook page. So, I know I have a ton of friends and people who are always talking about the podcast, and I appreciate them so much. But, yeah. you know, really share it with your friends, family, whoever. You know, we're for the, we're for the family. Absolutely. You're our, you're our little... Our cult, man. Yeah. We're trying to spread the cult, make the a cult bigger. Cult. <laughs> Very loving cult, Justin's yes. mom, I promise. Yes. Uh, thank, well, thank you guys once again. Yeah. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars if you think we're worthy enough of five stars. Yeah. Also on Spotify. Uh, five stars. Um, what else? What else? Follow all the social medias. Yeah. And then shoot just, us a message. Give us a call on the cryptic hotline. Yeah. 540-358-1583. You can leave a text message as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just thank you. Y'all enjoy yourselves. This And for this call you're about to hear, it, it is strange. It is strange. But but you wouldn't be here if, if you weren't for the strains. It, you exactly. just wouldn't be here. Exactly. And if you and if you are here, uh, thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what the podcast be. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And thank you for being here. John. Oh, thanks for having me, Justin. <laughs> thanks for having I'm me. Really, really, yeah, really. Well, going last... from last, sorry, going from oh. last episode, <laughs> from being so in sync last episode, yeah. and then we're just here. Oh, good times. <laughs> And we got so much stuff just yeah. in the pipeline. Really? You know, we're trying to go big for October. Oh, it's going to be just massive. so excited, guys! So excited! It's going to be massive. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Thank you, guys. And lastly, <laughs> watch your back. It's cryptic out there.
Hello. Is this Morgan? Yes. What's up? How's it going? Going good. How about you? Pretty good. Alright, so is it okay if this calls like on the podcast? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, awesome. Uh, do you want to just go ahead and start? Um, sure. I didn't know if you wanted like like how much detail or <laughs> I have a, I have a list of, of questions. Okay. Okay. All right, let's just go. So, when did you attend Radford University? Um, 2012 to 2015, but I lived in that apartment from 2014 to 2016 because my lease went until 2016. Oh, okay, okay. So, you lived in apartment G, is that right? Yeah, 1208 G. Okay. When was the first time you started experiencing something you you couldn't explain? So, um, I would say, so my first year that I lived there, I honestly wasn't there very much. Yeah. Um, I had a roommate I didn't like, and I spent a lot of time at my friends' houses and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I probably had sleep paralysis here and there, but it wasn't anything... Um, too crazy but the second year that i lived there i did spend a lot more time there and that's when things like got a little more intense i guess right right. (laughs) too terrifying but definitely um unlike anything i had ever experienced before you mentioned sleep paralysis uh was that the first time you experienced it there did you like before going to radford have you ever have you ever experienced sleep paralysis before? No. So before going to Radford, and even before um, my sophomore year when I lived in Washington Hall, I never had sleep paralysis. I never had any like ghostly, spooky encounters. Nothing like that at all. Right. So when you did have, when you started having the sleep paralysis, did you? How was that like? Could you explain how the how that feeling was? Did you see anything? Yeah, so the first time I had sleep paralysis was at Washington Hall and I didn't even know what it was. I had I like googled what happened to me and figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was kind of crazy because the first time I had sleep paralysis it had like I don't know how familiar you are with it in general, but it had an intruder complex where yeah. It wasn't, you know, the typical kind where people talk about someone being on top of them. Um, it was there was a figure in my dorm, and he was like standing in the entryway, um, and it was scary because it felt very real. I was in my dream trying to wake up. I felt like I was awake, um, but I couldn't move, um, and I eventually like jolted myself awake. And there was nothing in my room, but it all felt very real and scary. Um, Luckily, I didn't I didn't see any figures or anything in the Clement Street apartment, but it was still, um, it was a lot more frequent. So, what was the figure, what did the figure look like? Because I am, I did an episode on sleep paralysis myself, and I actually have experienced sleep paralysis, but I've never seen figures before. What did yeah. that look like? So, it just looked like a large man, um... 
it wasn't like super clear because like I said it felt very real and I was sleeping so it was dark like even in my dream um but it was like a big strong looking man scary figure just like uh, I felt threatened right I guess dream yeah because researching sleep paralysis a lot of people tend to witness you know a large dark figure i I don't it's it's unexplainable yeah it's interesting um i was like reading more about it recently and a lot of times people see like an old lady like an old hag or they see like a more slender looking man i don't know like the way that describe it but mine definitely was like i don't know stronger figure it was weird i convinced myself at that time it was my dorm ghost because in washington hall i definitely had like um my bathroom was had motion sensor lights and the door automatically shut so if i was in there or not in there the door was always closed um, and I would like put my head down at night to go to sleep, close my eyes, and I because you could hear it when the light was triggered to turn on, it would click. Right. I would be trying to fall asleep, and I would hear it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Jeez. So uh, that's just before I had the sleep paralysis. So once I had the sleep paralysis, I was like, oh my god, it was the ghost. <laughs> right. Right. So you swore that the apartment G was haunted, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you mentioned it having a darker energy to it? Yeah. Could you explain that? Yeah, the thing with the apartment was, um, and why I felt like it was different and it wasn't a ghost, like, Washington Hall was easier for me to explain away. It was still scary, and I didn't, I also didn't spend a lot of time there after all that, because I don't. I don't like scary things. I don't watch scary movies. I really don't enjoy that stuff because I de- I tend to have pretty vivid dreams, so I don't I don't like that. Yeah. Um, but that was easier for me to be like, okay, simple. That was a ghost. But for Clement Street, um, nothing spooky, like haunty wise, ever happened. You know, no lights flickering, no cabinet doors opening, nothing like that. And my roommates also as far as I know, never experienced anything either. Um, But I would have sleep paralysis regularly. And um, it was so strange because, so the way the apartment is laid out is the, you walk in and there's a bedroom right to the right. And that was my room. So the wall where my bed's headboard was, I didn't have a headboard, but where it would be, Mm -hmm. with the front door. And every time I had sleep paralysis and I was fe- feeling fear, it was always this scary energy coming from, like, the wall above my bed. Or the scariest one I had, it was more coming from the front door. But it was the strangest thing because it just... I never saw anything. I never... Um, like, it wasn't the same thing as in my door. But it was just this dark energy, and I could feel it not looming, not looming over me like how people describe sleep paralysis online, <laughs> but like right, just right out of sight, I guess, above my bed. I almost felt when I was describing it to my friends, I said I felt like it was in the walls. Wow. 
So I had even asked my neighbor who shared a wall with me. Um, I asked him if he ever had any like weird <laughs> things like that happen to him, and he said no. But I don't think he spent a lot of time there either. Right. On it. Would would it just happen at night when you were in bed? Did it happen like anything weird happened during the day? Did you feel that energy during the day? So I didn't really I can't recall like napping during the day and having it happen but I actually had a friend who lived upstairs um and I don't know why for some reason she napped on my bed in between classes one day and she I don't even think she told me exactly what happened but she just was like uh respectfully I'm never sleeping in your room again and I was like (laughs) (laughs) I feel that right the first time I had kind of any sort of validation I was like Okay. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I never thought I was crazy either because it just felt so real. Yeah. Did you did you tell any family members about it? What they think about it? Yeah. So I told um, my my parents at first. I don't know. They probably thought I was crazy because when I started having sleep paralysis in my dorm, I went home over summer break and I had it a few times at my childhood home as well, but it wasn't scary. Um, It was again, kind of that focused energy on a certain space. Um, And I told my mom about it and it wasn't like a scary, it was literally like the corner of the upstairs hallway. It wasn't anything scary or spooky, but it was weird. I would have sleep paralysis and it would be focused like outside of my room into this one area. My mom probably thought I was crazy. She was like, well, I've never experienced anything like that. But <laughs> um, I know she believes in ghosts. So she believed me about my dorm. And um, after the murder happened, she I think she totally believed me about my apartment. Right. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask. Did you believe in the paranormal and, like, darker spirits before living in at Radford? I would say so. I mean, I definitely always believed in ghosts because I remember my mom. My mom never talked about scary stuff, but she told a story of, like, seeing her aunt and uncle sitting at the foot of her bed when she was younger after they died tragically. And she said it was very calming. And I, she told me that story, and I was like, I think if that happened to me, I'd be terrified. Right, right. <laughs> so, like never I I think I've been afraid of it because I've always believed in it. So yeah, I've always kind of avoided it, but I definitely yeah, I think I believe in it. I, it makes sense. I mean, there's certain to an extent. There's certain things like, you know, yeah. vampire or whatever. I don't know about all that. <laughs> right. Mythical things, but when it comes to like, I don't know, dark energy and ghosts and spirits, yeah, I think I do. I'd have to agree with you on that. Uh, so you you thought she was possessed at the when you found out? Yeah. Let me actually tell you one more story about the apartment okay. that kind of, um, was like my peak experience where I I wouldn't say I stopped sleeping in that room completely, but. Um, I definitely avoided it. So my roommates and I, the second year, sorry, my dog is barking. Um, the second year we lived there, we were a lot closer. We had like a new roommate and, um, 
but we never spent time in the common area like casually we would spend time in the common area if we were like drinking or like you know having people over things like that but we didn't we kind of spent a lot of time individually in our own rooms or you know doing other things yeah hold on let me get my dog you're fine all right so we were hanging out in the living room one probably like weeknight and um we all decided it was time to go to bed so we're like okay and we all went into our rooms and shut the door and i think i was the last person to go into my room so i got water so i could confirm they were all in their rooms and let me add like we would never hang out in the living room individually like we all had tvs in our own rooms that's just something that did not happen yeah and so i i fall asleep really quickly and i went to bed fell asleep immediately and immediately had sleep paralysis which that's also i've read not super common because most people have it during REM sleep mm-hmm. and you don't normally have REM sleep right away um, it's usually like an hour or so into your sleep cycle yeah so I fell asleep, had sleep paralysis instantly. And at this point I was super aware of it. And I had been like trying to wake myself up when it had been happening times before that. Like, okay, this is like, wake up, (laughs) this isn't real, like just wake up. And this time I was doing that again. And I, in my dream state, like threw myself onto the floor real me is still in bed Mm. but I get onto the floor and I'm like slowly crawling to the door because I feel like the energy is trying to get in to the house via the front door and so I'm trying to make sure the front door is locked so I'm like crawling because sleep paralysis you can't move right so I all of my might and moving slowly I reach my doorknob get it open and right across from me my roommate is sitting in a chair in my living room and I'm like taken aback by that because again that's not something that she would do and I looked at her and I was about to ask if if the door was locked and she looked at me and went shh because she was scared too and I that like woke me up and so I I jumped out of bed opened the door and she was sitting in that chair oh my god I told her what happened And I was like, can you confirm to me that it's weird that you're sitting in this chair right now? And she was like, yeah, it's weird. Oh, (laughs) my. And I told her about my sleep paralysis or whatever. And we Googled it. And she was like, I think you had an astral projection or like out of body experience or whatever. Um, Because she was like, the fact that you knew I was in this chair while you were in bed is like not normal. That, Um, That gives me goosebumps. Just, oh, my God, picturing that. Yeah, so I was, like, terrified, and I slept in her room that night, and avoid, like, I would come home pretty drunk, like, times after that, and I would sleep on the couch, like, I would not sleep in my room. God. (laughs) And this is all, like, before the murder even happened. Yeah, so this was, um, like, when that happened specifically, it was in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That's why someone tagged me in your comment, and I was reading. I was like, "Wait a second, there's something else going on here in that apartment." But I just wonder what other history that apartment has had. You know? 
Yeah. And the way that um, the additional comment, the person who had a shared experience across the hall, that to me sounded like more textbook sleep paralysis, you know, where Mm. you have someone on top of you or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If we're going off of my, my theories, I almost feel like because that was a couple years later like if this was some sort of entity or a demon or whatever that it had like progressed yeah or like gained strength because luckily i never saw it i never like i just sensed it i guess yeah and i knew harry god that that is a good theory that's 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 interesting because i guess ultimately louisa cutting I guess got the full effect if that's you know the reason because I did some research I spoke to an officer that was there the day that they found Alexa and they never tested Louisa for drugs the report said that she said she was you know intoxicated with all kinds of stuff you know but they they never tested her that's crazy i didn't know that yeah so reading that reading your comment that that got me thinking i'm like maybe there is something else going on besides the murder because she did mention she spoke to the devil right which is crazy and (laughs) and i want to do my husband mentioned before i did this he was like make sure that you like you know point out the fact that you don't want to make light of the situation obviously it's super tragic mm-hmm. and you know alexa i'm sure felt like she was safe yeah in her and so that's horrible and i don't want to necessarily make excuses for louisa's actions um but it's just really hard when you think about all the facts like she said arrest me i killed her like yeah and you know that was however long pretty recent after she did it that to me said a lot i feel like that's not normal if someone (laughs) in a rage they might be like scared to say something like most people aren't so willing to just give up yeah yeah and from what i can remember she was saying the lord's prayer during the interrogation part of it like in spanish because i'm i guess she's she was hispanic um and I don't know. I, I think maybe there's more to it than just the drugs. But then again, they didn't test her, so I don't. Right. I don't know how to how to prove that. Yeah, I'm glad that you heard that from him because I like I was reading some articles and I actually listened to another podcast um, that talked about it, and I don't know. I didn't really love that that podcast was talking about um they referred to her as an addict Mm. and saying like she had a drinking problem and stuff because she posted about wanting to have a drunken adventure and that you know she had a fight with her roommate and the the gas was going to be off during a snowstorm but thank god she'd be drunk or something i was like i don't i think that's normal college yeah it's it that's the college experience that's and that's ratchet ratty in a nutshell Right, right. Yeah. So I, didn't love I don't know her personally. I don't know, but I don't know what she was doing. Another thing is, is um, I don't know for certain 
Like, I don't know 100% that she lived in my room because I didn't, of course, I didn't take screenshots and now you can't access her social media. Right. But I found out really early on because one of my roommates is actually from Culpeper County. Mm. Um, so she didn't know her personally, but she heard through the grapevine. And um, we didn't even know it was our apartment at first. We thought it was like 1200 Clement Street. And then I saw a news clip and they zoomed in on 1208 and then they zoomed in on G and I was like screaming and I called her. <laughs> and I was like, it was our apartment. Nice. And then I said, was, it was that thing. That- and Sammy was like, my roommate was like, oh my God. Um, but so I went on their Instagrams and I was looking at pictures and such. And I was convinced that Louisa lived in my room. I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of like her bedroom. Um, Alexa had taken photos of her standing outside her door, which I have like similar photos of me. It's just like natural. You walk out of your room, right? You stand in. No. Um, and I definitely saw. I remember seeing pictures of Alexa's room, and I was like, Sammy, she lived in your room. Um, Another question I had, though, is did they not have a third roommate? That's a three-bedroom apartment. Right. I only researched that it was just her and Alexa. Yeah, I always thought that was weird from the get-go because um, I don't think I ever read who called 911. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, was there, maybe it was the roommate. Like, did they not have a third roommate? Well, I, I I graduated a year before that happened. And I had a few uh, college friends that was still there. And one of them, I guess, lived in that complex and heard the screaming. So maybe, like, neighbors called the police. Because apparently she was screaming. Right. So, and also going back to the interrogation uh, part of it, she she mentioned that she couldn't sleep either. Like, she wasn't able to sleep. I, I wonder if she was experiencing sleep paralysis as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. When, after it all happened, I want, selfishly, I wanted so badly for there to be, like, a trial or something just because I was like, I swear if she says... Like, if they plead insanity because she thought, like, she was possessed or something, I would believe her. Right. Um, But obviously, I think it's for the best that she took a plea and saved all of them that, you know, trouble and trauma of a trial, but... Yeah, yeah. Do you have... I would ask her. (laughs) Well, I actually have an idea of writing her a letter, but I'm not sure yet. Don't worry, I thought about it too. I went, I was deep diving the other day, and I like found, out, I found out what person she's at, and I was like, should I? Same. I don't know. Same. You might think I'm crazy, right? So, uh, I'll let you go here in a sec. Uh, do you have any other rumors, or do you have? Did you hear any other theories behind all of it? Cause there was one theory that I heard that it involved some boy or whatever in jealousy, but. I couldn't prove that either. Oh, no, I didn't. Um, the most I ever heard was that, you know, people love to play up that one post about, like, I hope we don't kill each other, but yeah. okay, that's just things young girls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and then the one, 
I guess, like, tweet that Louisa had about her being mad that Alexa didn't pay the gas bill. But I was like, again, that's, like, normal roommate stuff. That's not things that people kill each other over. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, I haven't ever heard... Like, the worst I've heard is that she was doing a lot of drugs and things were going good for her, and then she went down a dark path. I don't know. It's a possibility. I mean... I'm just trying to figure out other theories, other... I'm just trying to reach out to other people who may have known her, experienced it, but luckily I found <laughs> you, and you... Go ahead. Sorry. I did cocaine with the devil quote. Is that... Did she say that to the police? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was the most shocking thing to me. <laughs> yeah, because, like, who even says that? <laughs> right, right. But, That's not a common <laughs> Yeah, but like you telling your story on how it was like a, a dark energy and then relating it to her saying all those things, it it got me curious and wanted me to revisit the story and see if I can dive more into it. Because I actually plan on going to the apartment. I don't I don't know if anybody's living there currently because school hasn't started yet. But I'm going to try and see if I can find it. I'm sure I'll find it, but uh, see if anybody's living there or if possibly I can go inside from, like, a janitor's, you know, key or something like that. You know what's crazy, too? I don't know if you knew this, but I read it once, um, is that she killed her right in front of the front door. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, entryway. <laughs> And the the fact that she stabbed her like over a hundred times, it you would think unless they remodeled or whatever that there would be some type of stains or you know something like that. God, right? Um, I know right when you walk in was like linoleum, and then the rest of the apartment was carpet. Oh. Okay. The, um. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was creepy that that's where she killed her too, because I was like. Oh, only where I felt the energy coming yeah. from. Right, Ow. right. God, that's, that is crazy. Not in, like, one of their rooms. Not in the, I don't know. When I first read about it, I imagined it happening in the kitchen. I don't know why. Um, I felt, like, right in front of the front door. But I mean, maybe she was running away. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it started in the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to talk to me uh i'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in what you had to say and uh i'll I'll keep in touch with you on when this will be released and all that jazz okay and actually i'm gonna add to um just because i was like i don't want anyone to think that i'm like i don't know a crazy person i had sleep so this was this was what five, seven years ago six seven years ago i've only had sleep paralysis like a handful of times since none of it scary um hmm. and so it's definitely not that was the only time it was a regular occurrence for me which is kind of crazy yeah that is that is pretty strange when i when i would get sleep paralysis like i can force myself and i have to lay a certain position and have my hands like underneath my chest and I have to lay, I have to lay on my chest. It's, it's weird, but I can like get into sleep paralysis, but I refuse to try again. 
yeah it's scary <laughs> it is it is because like you said you have to like jolt yourself out. i had to like scream myself out of it <clears throat> yeah it's terrifying yeah but thanks again morgan and um i'll keep in touch with you all right sounds good all right have a good night you too bye bye-bye Whoa. Run it, let's start face with the latest bands. Who can it gain just doing a thing?